great pleasure to welcome uh, Richard here today. He's hopefully come ready to read his books, uh, including the latest one, Mean Level. Uh, we're going to have a, about a 45-minute presentation and then plenty of time for discussion. Well, rather than hoping you have read my books, I usually hope people haven't read them. Either. <laughs> Otherwise, if you have, you might as well go home. <laughs> I have very little to add. Uh, I always find, actually, before talking about our new stuff in the inner level, which is the sort of psychological effects of inequality, um, I need to give a sort of background touching on the, the spirit level stuff. All our work has been about looking at the effects of inequality, not the causes of inequality. Uh, you know, I think socialists generally have been much better on the, the causes. Um, and I suppose what we've come to, how we've come to think of inequality is it's a, the most important structural variable in society. I mean, if uh, and I link it with our evolved psychology. And, you know, if you want to know anything about the social organization, behavior, uh, sexual behavior of some non-human monkey or whatever, the, most, the first question you should always ask is, do they have a dominant hi dominance hierarchy? And is it a strong one? That affects the whole character of social relations and sexual behavior. Um, and we have, uh, we argue, uh, both uh, strategies, social strategies for dealing with dominance that comes from our pre-human past, uh, but we also have from our very egalitarian uh, hunting and gathering human past, 90-95% of our existence as anatomically modern humans, looking as we do now with brains the current size, lived in very egalitarian societies. And we have a completely different set of social strategies for dealing with friendship and equal relations and, and so on. And we think the amount of inequality in society shifts people between those two strategies. And we, we use both of them all the time. We can all be snobbish and standoffish and name drop and uh, be very aware of status and worried about how we're seen and judged in terms of status. But we also know how to make friends and sustain friendships and deal with uh, social relations. And so we use both strategies all the time, but the balance between them shifts. And uh, I think and that's, I think we've been very slow to recognize what lies behind the, the data we've been uh, digging out. Um, but anyway, um, I, I found that on Google Images. I was very pleased. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I, I think Kate and I, since Spirit Level came out, have given something like a thousand lectures. And to see that somebody had got the basic idea is <laughs> <laughs> very nice. So basically, that's about 40 years' work. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I, I am going to show you quite a few of these graphs with different things up the sides. Uh, all bad things getting worse with bigger income differences uh, between rich and poor. But basically, I think 
the vast majority of the public and still almost all economists have this extraordinarily naive view of inequality that it only matters if it creates absolute poverty um, or if people think it's totally unfair um, but actually the more accurate view is it, 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 it's about dominance and subordination, superiority and inferiority, and all the feelings that come in round that. It affects how we treat each other. Um, it increases status competition. I'll fill these things out later. Um, and uh, our insecurities about our self-worth, it, it, it increases the idea that some people are worth much more than others. You know, what are you worth? Anything at all? What do people think of me? You know, all those sort of insecurities uh, uh, that I think are behind uh, uh, or a uh, very important contribution to uh, the increasing levels of uh, anxiety, mental illness and so on that uh, we're seeing in, in, in Britain and other developed uh, countries. Um, uh, you probably know this is the data that we use. I'm, I'm afraid rather than um, redoing all our old stuff, we've gone on to new stuff, so we're still using uh, the same graphs that we did in the spirit level for, for, for that, but uh, simply using this gap between the top and bottom 20%. I do feel that because people on the, the right said we'd been... Um, cherry-picking data and stuff like that. I have to say that none of the data is prepared by us. We download it all from WHO or OECD or the World Bank or whatever. And if they have data for one of the societies or one of the American states we're looking at, it goes into the analysis. We make no judgments of it at all. Um, the other thing I would say is that um, I was seeing a tweet just yesterday that said, uh, you know, our, our stuff is pretty naive. But um, the, basically what we've been doing is a picture that's been coming together in the academic literature since about 19, the mid-1970s. That's when the first papers showed that life expectancy was lower in more... Uh, unequal societies and that measures of violence nearly always homicide were higher in more unequal societies uh, that's when they came out and there are now hundreds of papers so in a way all we've been doing is taking a picture which often uses rather difficult statistical measures uh, and just using very s simple presentation and saying look this is trying to get it out into the public. And of course, as soon as you do that, people say it's all naive. They don't look at the four or 500 references um, we've uh, given. But anyway, um, a, a few examples from the spirit level. You, you remember we uh, looked at measures of each country for life expectancy, kids' maths and literacy scores, uh, um, uh, infant mortality rates, homicide rates, imprisonment, teenage birth rates, Imprisonment is just the proportion of the population, the numbers in prison in each country, uh, measures of how much people feel they can trust others. Um, and in our analyses of American states, the question in the 
American data is, do you feel that people would try to take advantage of you if they got the chance? Um, and in the European value survey, it's do you think most people can be trusted? Questions like that. Uh, obesity rates, mental illness, which in the standard classification of mental illnesses, uh, drug and alcohol addiction are included as, as if they were mental illnesses. And some figures on social mobility. Uh, and they all get worse the bigger the income differences. Along the bottom, we've got the income differences measured in those rainbow stripes I just showed you. Um, the important thing is that on, the, on this more equal end, I haven't got used to these touch screens. Um, uh, this more equal end, the top 20% are getting three and a half or four times as much as the bottom 20%. But uh, in the more unequal countries, UK, Portugal, USA, Singapore, the gap is twice as big. Um, but in a way, all we're doing is using the data that is available now in the modern world to show that actually that that intuition that people have always had about inequality being um, socially corrosive and uh, so on um, is true. It's truer than we ever thought. I... I find it quite bizarre that I, I've always had that intuition about inequality, but I never thought it would be worth looking at the data. Um, I think the oddest thing about um, our work, and certainly the spirit level, is that somebody else didn't write it 20 years earlier. And I start to think one has to have some explanation of why researchers, I mean, presumably there are thousands of researchers in social policy and epidemiology and psychology around the world, and we've done something incredibly simple that hadn't been properly recognised before. Anyway, uh, just a few other examples. This is a measure of child well-being from UNICEF. We uh, looked at that in a paper in the British Medical Journal and in paediatrics, uh, it contains 40 different comp components, so, you know, whether kids feel they can talk to their parents, whether there's bullying at school, whether a lot of them get seriously involved in drugs, um, all that goes into it. Um, and more unequal societies that are always that end in these graphs are doing worse. Um, in the last one, worse was higher, this one, worse is lower. Um, and this is imprisonment um, really remarkable that the relationship is as close as that between the proportion of, this is prisoners per 100,000 population you've got 50 there and 400 there uh, USA, this is a log scale here USA is 600 and something down here is about 40 I must stop touching the screen. <laughs> um, uh, interestingly, Ken Clark, uh, who was uh, he was responsible, was he the Home Secretary under Thatcher? Yeah. He realised that when he'd been Home Secretary, prison populations were half the size. You know, Thatcher was in in the eighties, but they are now. Um, and so, you know, he did um, try and get to win the Tories round to doing something about it. Um, 
but I don't think any of them understand this relationship. It's mainly about more punitive sentencing. A little of it is more crime, but most of it you get sent to prison more easily uh, for longer and so on. And the prison regimes are harsher in countries, uh, the more unequal end. Um, you know, if you've got a choice of where to go to prison, go to prison in one of the Scandinavian countries <laughs> or, or, or Japan. I mean, uh, I think that, um, what's his name, um, the, who was holed up in the Ecuadorian em embassy, he should be looking for a long sentence in Sweden rather than uh, <laughs> risking going to the States. Um, um, school bullying. I think uh, this is the proportion of, uh, or percentage of 11-year-olds who bullied two or more uh, to others two or more times in the previous month. And down here you've got about 2% and up there you've got 20, 25%, 20%. Um, so tenfold differences in the frequency of bullying. I think that graph is rather important. We don't have internationally comparable measures of bullying amongst adults. But if you think, I mentioned monkey dominance hierarchies, they are bullying hierarchies. The strongest is at the top, the weakest at the bottom. Um, and bullying is about superiority. It's about issues to do with superiority and inferiority. I think to, not to understand the causes of inequality, but to understand the effects of inequality, you, you need to understand monkeys more than Marx. Marx does, I think, deals much less with, with this side of the, um, these issues. Um, uh, even the economist has come around to recognising that crime is more common in more unequal societies. Uh, this is, I think, the last before I move on to more inner-level stuff. Uh, it's important because, again and again, um, uh, we people... Uh, say, but surely we need more inequality because it drives ambition and effort and creativity and so on. Um, we did a little analysis. We were challenged by, um, who's that? Uh, I can't remember the Tory minister in the um, uh, Thatcher government who now does programs on railway journeys. What's his name? <laughs> Portillo, that's right. My memory is, is seriously going. Uh, he, Kate was on that Moral Maze program as a witness, and he said, OK, supposing we accept inequality has these nasty social effects, um, surely we need it to drive um, creativity and so on. Uh, we, as we came home after that, um, we thought, how on earth do we test that? We thought maybe looking at patents per head of population as a measure of in inventiveness or whatever, innovation. We did a very small analysis, but since then somebody has done a much bigger analysis. This is patents per head of population, uh, and this is the uh, Gini coefficient of inequality. And you see a very clear tendency for the more unequal societies to have fewer... Um, uh, patents per head. So they are less creative, actually. Um, it works the other way around. And that makes sense because 
Actually, kids' maths and literacy scores are lower in more unequal societies. There are more people on seriously involved in drugs. There are more people in prison. There are more people suffering from depression. Social mobility is lower. And so even if you're just making an economic argument, uh, inequality is wasting a lot of talent, a lot of, I mean, if you want to regard human beings as a resource, but it's, it's damaging people's lives. Um, uh, yeah, that's, I've just mentioned social mobility um, is lower. Uh, I think we were the first to show this relationship, but um, I like to show this graph because it's a, a Washington think tank showing that um, uh, social mobility is lower in more unequal societies. I think simply because parents ha always pass on their advantages and disadvantages to their children. You can't stop it because it happens in so many subtle ways. Crude ways like sending kids to pri private schools, but endless subtle ways as well. Um, I think also... Uh, class consciousness increases, class prejudices increase, um, uh, and that's part of what leads to less social mobility in those more unequal countries. Um, so, basically, uh, all the problems that we show are more common in more unequal societies are problems with social gradients, the sort of things that are worst in the poorest areas. So although there's ill health and uh, violence and so on, as we heard from um, um, uh, what is John Johnson's neighbours <laughs> last <laughs> night uh, at the top, they're all more common at the bottom. Um, and it is those problems which get worse in more unequal societies. The only surprise is they don't just get worse amongst the poor. The biggest effects of inequality amongst the poor, but almost, and we, we can never talk about the top fraction of 1%, the super rich, because we don't have separate data on them. But we can say that 90 or 95% of the population would do better uh, on, in a more equal society. So, you know, if I take you on your given, with your given education, your job, your income, if you move to a more equal society, you'd probably live a bit longer, your kids might do a bit better at school, you'd be less likely to become a victim of violence, all that kind of thing. And that, those ways you'd become, uh, you'd do better in a more equal society. And as I say, the biggest uh, benefits of greater equality at the bottom. I think I've got a little... Yeah, that. Uh, people are often saying, how can we reduce ine health inequalities at the same time of improving overall health? And actually reducing income differences is how you do it. This is, um, and, and this is just a sort of, um, uh, 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 just to give you an idea of, of how these relationships work. If you're looking at anything where higher is bad, like m higher death rates or more mental illness, um, then if you have a, a line, this is the poor and that's the rich in any country, uh, and uh, 
If you look at more uh, unequal societies, you get a steeper social gradient. This is the more equal societies, so the social gradient becomes a bit flatter. Um, but as you see, the biggest difference between the more and less equal societies is at the poor end. At the rich end, there's still some benefits of greater equality. That seems to be, and we now know of about 15 papers that look at it and allow you to see how it affects people at different levels in the status hierarchy. It, that seems to me the best generalization of what inequality, how it works, if you like. Now, this is more inner level stuff. Um, there's a strange thing about how we present ourselves. You know, take photographs of people, look at how they present themselves on Facebook, and they arms around each other and are all smiling and happy and so on. But if you take pictures when people are, are less aware <laughs> they're having their photograph taken, um, you know, we've, there's a really big difference between the way we like to think, like to present ourselves, happy and successful. Uh, here, everyone looks as if they're either angry or about to have a nervous breakdown or there's... Uh, even people talking to their friends are not smiling. This, this woman looks as if she's about to have a nervous breakdown. Um, and he's pretty angry. Um, so is this one. Um, and in fact, this picture is an ad for a Californian uh, counselling um, organisation. It's obviously... And wonderfully successful. <laughs> but, um, I, it seems to me that this one is uh, often nearer the truth. Um, I, I, oh dear, I haven't got the. If you look at the uh, data um, on um, um, levels of anxiety. Uh, they're extraordinarily high. You find, I think, in the States, two-thirds of the population say they are paralysed by inequality. In Britain, 74%... Uh, 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 how annoying I didn't put that slide in. Um, uh, are un in the last year, were unable to cope uh, because of their anxiety overwhelmed and unable to cope was the quote this is from the mental health foundation um, and I, I've, I've just had to take time off from this work because I've uh, had some surgery and <laughs> this is the first time I've got back into talking about it again so uh, and things are no longer on the tips of my tongue uh, 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 I think a third had um, met the criteria for uh, her third of the adult population of Britain met the criteria for uh, one or other mental illness um, half that number I think 16% um, had suicide uh, no had self-harmed I think and of course that's particularly high amongst young women um, and it goes with a sort of dissatisfaction with what they look like and those concerns and the, uh, you know, the epidemic of self-harm 
Um, and yet when things like that Mental Health Foundation report came out, um, was it six months ago or nine months ago, um, all the media say, okay, we must need, we must have more services, more counselling, more this, that and the other. And yet what we've got to do is think, what on earth is going on in our society that is doing this to people? Uh, we've got to develop a quite different understanding. Um, and basically, our, in our book, we, we take this issue um, and say, okay, each of us as in individuals, we have different vulnerabilities to anxiety and depression and so on. But it is clear that some societies, these issues are more difficult for all of us, whether you are particularly vulnerable or, or fairly um, uh, resistant to these things. Uh, there are some social environments that just make these uh, issues m and the mental illnesses going with them much more common. Um, first, I should say, when I showed you those two pyramids, um, I didn't explain it, but we think basically what income inequality is doing is making class and status uh, more important, uh, making it more powerful, uh, strengthening its control over the way it shapes us and our lives uh, and um, making us judge each other more by status and class and with that becoming more worried ourselves about how others see, uh, see and judge us um, and this is some work that's come out uh, uh, a few, what, 2014, uh, Richard Late uh, and Chris Whelan in, in Dublin. Um, let me explain it. They take the different income groups in each society, so this is the poorest tenth of the population going through up to the richest tenth of the population, and they're showing here uh, levels of status anxiety. And you see in the more, this top line is the countries with most inequality. Uh, and there's higher status anxiety in all income groups. In the poor end, uh, there is most status anxiety. <laughs> even even um, uh, a touch of the shirt is enough to do it. Um, okay, um, and in more equal societies, lower levels of status anxiety throughout the population. This is about our worries. You know, do, do other people think you're worth anything? Um, we increasingly take position in the hierarchy as if it was a, or, or I usually say external wealth as an indicator of internal worth. Of personal worth. You know, if you're low in the hierarchy, you aren't worth much. Uh, and, and that's why it's so hurtful. And indeed, the strong relationships between homicide and inequality is because homicide is so often triggered by people feeling disrespected, looked down on, humiliated. And there's one way I can make you respect me. 
if I and if, if I don't have the education or the car or the money or whatever. Um, and so, and basically, this is a I would think a reflection of what psychologists call the social evaluative threat. Uh, the those worries about how you're seen and judged. Um, and uh, what's this? Yeah. Uh, interestingly, another paper shows that in uh, again you've got the different income groups: the richest tenth there, the poorest tenth here, uh, and this is uh, subjective social status. So, if I ask you to put yourself on a, a status ladder. Where do you, what rung of the ladder do you put yourself on? And in uh, more unequal countries, um, uh, uh, sorry, the, the lower line is the more unequal countries, people all feel their status is a bit lower than they do if they're in a more equal society. We all feel a bit more inferior. Um, which it's interesting, these things. But we've, we've known for a long time uh, that mental illness, uh, this is a general measure of mental illness, um, uh, is more common in more unequal societies. But we now know quite a lot more about why. This really important paper from Sherry Johnson, a, a psychologist at um, Berkeley in California, she went through an enormous literature on different uh, mental illnesses, the behavioral stuff on them, uh, the uh, experimental things, the uh, any genetic stuff, um, uh, looking for evidence uh, of different kinds that they, they were related to issues to do with dominance and subordination. Uh, Apparently, we all have uh, what uh, so many uh, animals have, uh, an area of our brain for dealing with issues to do with uh, dominance and subordination. And if you're a, a subordinate monkey, you've got to know where you are. You've got to know who is above you and who is below you. Uh, you've probably got to know who the friends are of the people above you and, and so on. You've got to learn to behave in an obsequious way to the ones above you and, uh, uh, and not to let your inferiors uh, put you down and so on. Um, and so she's showing that a great range of mental illnesses uh, have involvement either triggered by or exacerbated by issues to do with dominance and subordination. So... You know, you might be overcome by feelings of uh, lack of confidence, low self-worth. Uh, you might start to find social contact too stressful. Um, you know, you're too worried about what other people think of you and whether how you can handle different situations. So you withdraw from social life. Uh, you become more depressed with high anxiety levels. Or you might, on the other hand, feel that your life is constant, a constant battle against, you, against people putting you down. You know, the sod's always trying to put you down, and uh, quite a bit of prison violence is about people trying to maintain uh, some uh, 
respect in other people's eyes and feeling everyone. There's a nice quote here, I think it was in, maybe it's an earlier book of mine. Uh, a prison psychiatrist asked someone who's constantly in solitary confinement in some American jail, you know, why he's endlessly violent. And he says, because every motherfucker on the cell block is, t is trying to take away my pride and dignity. That's all I've got left. Uh, I'll kill anyone who, who does. Um, uh, but um, then there's also an opposite response, not only what we call going under, these lack of confidence, low self-esteem and so on, but there's also... Uh, sort of self-advertisement, bigging yourself up. If you're worried about what people think of you, you start to sort of um, uh, become narcissistic and try and bring into conversation that you, um, you know, doing rather a good job or you went to a good university or whatever it is. Um, or, or that, uh, and, uh, you know, the, I've been to, and if you when invited to speak in the States, they usually put on a little dinner for you. And the dinners consist of people telling little funny stories. Um, uh, uh, and they all seem to have a subtext. Uh, it's about some funny inc incident that happened, but it was when I was going up to get my prize for something. <laughs> um, or it happened at uh, some airport the other side of the world where... Uh, when me and my family were coming back from this long-haul holiday. Um, so little ways of just showing that you're successful and so on. Um, and anyway, when I saw this paper, I got in touch with Sherry Johnson and said, we think... You see, she was thinking that all societies were very similar social hierarchies in that those pyramids, we argue, basically income inequality decides whether we have a society that is a very steep social pyramid like that, or much shallower one like that. Um, uh, and we don't have data on perfectly equal societies, we don't know whether you can get something that's really flat, but, and the data we have allows you to distinguish between that and that. Um, and uh, I got in touch with her, and she'd been thinking that all societies were much of an upmuchness, they all had class hierarchies and so on. And I said, we think that uh, some societies with bigger income differences, they're more hierarchical than others. Uh, and actually there is beginning to be evidence that uh, the more hierarchical ones have m uh, m more of the mental illnesses you're talking about. Um, yeah, that's that's a sort of picture of somebody who's, you know, their, I, their whole idea of their self-worth is undermined. They're full of self-doubts, and you know how troubling that. And I don't know, girls this age in tears before going out to a party and not knowing if they've got the right things or something in the evening. Um, Whereas there's also this response. Uh, um, we've now got our own, or going to get our own version of uh, Trump's narcissism and Boris Johnson. Um, but it's uh, it's that kind of thing. Um, 
And uh, you see there are two or three papers now showing that uh, uh, depression uh, is more common in more unequal societies. These are American states. Um, this is... Uh, uh, yes, uh, 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 we do have stuff on narcissism and there's a paper now I did with Sherry Johnson and some others on psychotic symptoms being more common in more unequal societies. But this is, is quite indicative of what's going on. <coughs> uh, it's measures of what's called self-enhancement um, in relation to inequality. Psychologists in these countries interviewed uh, random samples of the population and asked people how they thought they compared with the average in their country on a number of different dimensions. Um, I mean, do you think you're more intelligent than most people in this country? Uh, do you think you're more attractive? Do you think you're more generous? Um, you know, how do you rate yourself? And uh, uh, you've probably heard the joke that 90-something percent of Americans think they're better drivers than average. <laughs> in, in Sweden, it's about 60%. Uh, still too much, but not quite such uh, <laughs> an overestimate. Uh, and this is, and basically, self-enhancement is people bigging themselves up, uh, getting narcissistic. And in more unequal societies, you do that more. Um, and it is narcissism. Uh, yeah, I I should stop. That. No, no, about five minutes. What? About five minutes. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's schizophrenia is more common in more unequal societies. Um, but the real way, the most obvious way in which we big ourselves up is through consumerism, uh, buying status goods and so on. Now papers showing that we spend more money on, and if you live in a more unequal area, you're more likely to search for status goods um, or spend money on a flashy car and so on. That's been shown comparing different American states and comparing different countries. Um, so these these things wheedle away at our sort of our feelings of how we relate to others, and instead of it being through uh, more egalitarian social relations and friendship and so on, where we we feel we can be regarded as an equal human being and how interact on that level it becomes all about status and these judgments um, uh, <laughs> we can get um, status rubbish bags <laughs> uh, I, 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 just to show you that the, the way that these uh, uh, the self enhancement and consumerism uh, is driven by greater equality you can see it in relation to this is inequality uh, and debt goes up with inequality. This is American data. It's, it's had the business cycle smoothed out of it. Um, so, you know, we're borrowing money. Well, Americans, but I'm sure the same here, borrowing money to keep up with each other um, and getting into debt more and so on. Drugs. Um, I, I think I, I won't go on any further, but um, so maybe stop there.